Welcome to a special midweek edition of the Mojo Radio Show. Hi, everybody. This week, Robbo and I thought we would contact a friend of ours to talk about the tragic incident that happened in Martin Place in Sydney this week. And the reason we thought this show was so important was that this sort of event can certainly steal your mojo as it has for both of us. And um, I am actually in Sydney uh, at Martin Place. So uh, back there in the Stu, Stu studio, Robbo, um, how are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing all right. I, um, doing all right? Yeah, I'm feeling a bit better over it. Uh, uh, it's still raw, but um, you're, you're, you're a bit closer to it than a lot of people. You have a almost a bit of a connection to it, don't you? Yeah, we have a personal connection through um, uh, our a very close family friend was the bridesmaid of the lady who lost her life inside mm. the cafe. So our community and our family have been very, very, is very close to home. And my office uh, in Sydney is uh, just off Martin Place. So our yeah. place went down to lockdown very early on. And uh, having, having been up to the site and seeing the eerie site of the cafe all blacked up with plastics and the flowers out the front and security everywhere. But what's, it's, it's quite ironic, Robbo, of how your emotions play through this, which is why this show was, was important to us. But mm. even, even today, and this show is being recorded on Thursday morning, Early Thursday morning. Very early. You you do sound good. Uh, But there is a stream of people walking up Martin Place with flowers in hand. It is really noticeable on George Street, on Wynyard Station, up through the mall, in every direction. Mm. There are men, women, young guys, older ladies, businessmen, people in yoga, yoga wear. It's just... Mm. It's astonishing the outpouring of people still just wanting to show their respects to to the people who lost their lives and those that suffered in in that cafe. Mm. There are news reporters everywhere, and what Rob and I were thinking about was that um, if you, if our listeners like us have been, it's been playing in our minds, and when you see the cafe, I couldn't help but try and just imagine what was going on inside there for the people held hostage and what the police and the armed forces and the management of the police, what they were going through in those mm. moments. And you play it over and over in your mind and you you try to come to grips with it. You try to make some sense of it. You try to work out how you can show your respect for it. And that sort of stuff steals your mojo, man. It just, it's yeah. just, you know, don't you think? It does. It's, it's really... It's just sapping, I think, you know, and the, the one, the one positive I think to come out of it and, um, and, and I, I remember working through the, the Port Arthur massacre as well, you know, all those years ago, the one positive that comes out of it. And I think it's purely an Australian thing is the, the, the way people react, like, you know, just a simple act of someone laying a, flower, a wreath of flowers in Martin Place has led to, you know, this amazing memorial for these people. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a very Australian thing. I mean, I know it happens in other places when, you know, um, you know, like when Diana died and all that sort of stuff, but it's, it's really an Australian thing in this sort of case, isn't it? It's, it's going to go down in my mind, and I'm sure a lot of people's minds, it'll go down as a defining day. We'll never, ever forget that moment when you heard the news, you saw something on the television. 
it, it will sit alongside the disasters, the joy, the great moments in our lives, the, the, the moments that shocked us. It'll sit there and uh, just seeing the cafe live and seeing the wreaths and visualising where the police were and putting to life all the things that we'd seen on television, you just replay it in your mind. And in the last couple of days, there hasn't been a room, a dinner, a meeting that I haven't been in where someone hasn't brought it up and had an opinion, a thought, shared feelings, got emotional about it. And that sort of stuff can really steal your mojo and can really distract you and occupy your mind. And um, Rob and I just thought it was important to to approach the event from a different perspective. Is that how do you how do you process it? How do you come to grips with it in your mind? And we thought we'd go to a mate of ours who is Dr. Tim Sharp from the Happiness Institute. He's been working with some people who are very close to the event and what went on. And being a clinical psychologist, we thought it was important to have this conversation to to help not only us, but our listeners to navigate their way through this tragic event. So, um, Tim, thanks for joining us, buddy. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. To help people who um, have seen what's gone on, who, who have you been working with in the last few days and what sorts of what sorts of advice have you been offering to people who have been looking for help? Um, look, I've uh, um, I've done quite a bit of work with the media, so I've spoken to a few uh, media agencies to uh, help them help their audiences uh, sort of understand what they might be experiencing and feeling. I've um, uh, I've worked uh, I've counselled one of the uh, a person who was directly uh, related to one of the um, to the woman who unfortunately was 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 shot and killed in the the final. Um, Outcome, um, and who wanted some advice about how to uh, help with um, uh, with the family members and the children. And uh, I guess because of uh, who I am and what I do, I've I've had lots of questions and comments from family and friends, um, just sort of seeking advice. So um, uh, yeah, look, it's and I, I suppose sorry, just to finish, my office is just around the corner, so we were um, we were advised to evacuate fairly early, and I'm pleased to say that that my team and I all got out. Safely and, and quickly, but uh, it was certainly as uh, as many Sydney siders uh, well, and Australians know, it was a very distressing day all round, and um, one that we hope we don't uh, ever experience again. What sort of advice would you give them, mm. Tim? I mean, we're, we're, everyone's gutted by this. What 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 can we do? How, how do we how do we how do we psychologically deal with this? Well, look, I think the first thing uh, to to appreciate, and, and one thing I've said uh, several times, um, uh, you know, in recent days, is that uh, uh, it's to reassure people, I suppose, that it's okay to feel gutted, it's okay to feel upset, whether it's anxious or or, or even angry or, or, or grieving, whatever it might be. Um, uh, that's perfectly normal. It's perfectly appropriate, uh, and in some ways, we need to um, uh, we need to let ourselves, we need to allow ourselves to experience those uh, normal human emotions. We, I guess we don't want them to go for too long and we don't want them to be too intense but um, you know that is important just to acknowledge and accept them I suppose uh, for what they are uh, and not to fight them in some sort of way. Um, The other thing to to keep in mind is that um, you know it's not to be afraid to reach out and ask for help if if you need it if you you, uh, need more than uh, whatever it is that you're sort of getting from family, friends, loved ones uh, then uh, you know there are many professionals um, uh, I know New South Wales Health and, and various 
other um, you know, agencies have, have provided guidelines. And you know, sometimes we we do need help. We can't do it all on our own. Um, but what we also need to recognise, and, and certainly this is as a psychologist, I've been asked this quite a bit, is uh, it is important to acknowledge that we all react and we will all cope in different ways. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to ask for help. You don't have to talk about it. Uh, we've all got to find our own way through this, I suppose, as we do through any uh, you know, life adversities. And um, and it's also important when it comes to family and friends. You know, we don't want to force anyone else uh, through it down any particular path. So, um, you know, accept that it's okay. Hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get through this uh, as quickly as possible. Um, one of the things that's amazed me and constantly amazes me in my 20-plus years as a psychologist and coach is that people are incredibly resilient. And I mm. suppose that gives me faith and, and inspiration that um, uh, as difficult as it will be, for many people, um, we will get through this and hopefully in some way or other um, we'll get through it and be better people in a better country. Tim, how would someone know how they handle it best? I think it's a very interesting point you raise that some will internalise, some should ask for help, some need to cry, some need to go and punch a bag. How, how does one recognise the best way for them personally to handle it? Yeah, look, that's, that's a really good question, um, and it's partially through trial and error. Um, it might partially depend on how we've coped or, or responded to previous life events, and it might uh, also depend a bit on how uh, those who are close to us, um, you know, what they're telling us. So uh, I guess the simplest way to know is that if, if you just feel you're not coping, um, if you're struggling to get through the day, yeah. you're feeling overwhelmed, yeah. you're having difficulty sleeping, having difficulty uh, functioning in any way, um, then, you know, it's better to get in sooner rather than later but if, if you feel um, and you know despite what's happened and despite how, how, how terrible it's been I suppose um, one of the things we do want to try and do um, for a variety of reasons is to get back to, to normality as quickly as possible getting back to our normal routines whatever they might involve is, is probably advisable for the majority of people out there uh, but if you're struggling to do that um, whether it's at work at home or whatever then uh, that's a fair indication that um, you know maybe it's, uh, it's worth looking into getting some help. So I've heard the police commissioner and a few others say, you know, we need to act as a business as usual. If someone's feeling guilty about doing that, in that they feel as though by getting back to it, they're paying disrespect for the lives we lost, how, what would you say to somebody who is going through that in their mind, Tim? Yeah, look, again, um, we will all respond differently and that, that's, um, you know, that is a, an understandable thought. And in fact, um, uh, I'm sure many people have had that thought over the last, um, you know, a few days and hours and uh, in some way or other. And, and, you know, even so much, um, I was speaking to someone uh, earlier today about how, um, you know, if, if for whatever reason you happen to enjoy something and smile or laugh, um, that's not entirely a bad thing. Um, you know, that's, that's a normal part of human emotions. We, we experience all sorts of things and we can continue to feel uh, sad. We can grieve over the, the, the loss and the, the terrible events that have happened um, that, while still getting on with life and while still, in some ways, even enjoying life. They're not entirely mutually exclusive. So, so what I would say um, uh, to, the, to that person is, is well, you need to do what you feel comfortable with um, and if for whatever reason you don't feel comfortable getting back into some sort of activity, then maybe you, you want to review that or talk to someone about it. Um, but just because you're getting back to work, just because you're, um, you know, I guess, you know, there's going to be also people out there shopping for Christmas presents, for example, which might seem like a yeah. almost a superficial or frivolous thing to do, but... Um, 
I think what most of us would agree is that um, uh, when, I guess we, if we stop doing these things and we let the bad guys win in a way and, yeah, um, yeah. and we don't really want to do that, that again that might sound a bit cliched but uh, there's some truth to that and um, one of the best things we can all do for ourselves and for our uh, community I suppose is um, you know to continue to engage in normal behaviours and live a normal life because we want this country, this you know, we want Sydney, we want Australia to be, um, you know, a healthy, normal society. I think it's very profound and uh, and great advice, Tim. Just um, one final question to do to do with the tragedy and or to do with tragedies when we face them. Um, if you if you know uh, somebody or a family who are directly related to this and you want to, to help in some way, some families say, yes, I really appreciate it, but they've never asked for the help. Is there something that you ha- have seen or witnessed that is a wonderful way to show your support to make a difference when the person doesn't actually put out their hand and ask for help? Do you know what I mean? Like a, a proactive type thing where you feel as though you can physically, physically or mentally do something. Um, well, yeah, so uh, I guess for, for ease of um, discussion and to simplify things, uh, I'll offer two, one sort of psychological, one one practical. Um, on the psychological side, um, I'm sure many of your listeners have heard of a fantastic campaign that's been running for quite a few years now um, and really, uh, you know, one of the best uh, mental health campaigns we've seen, which is Are You OK Day? And, mm. um, uh, you know, that's been a brilliant campaign. Um, I guess my only um, challenge Challenge to that, or is not reach out, but is you know that doesn't just have to be one day of the year, and, um, uh, mm-hmm. and we can ask that at any time. So um, you know, don't be afraid at any day, at any week, at any month um, to ask uh, anyone uh, who you might know um, whether they're okay. You know, asking that question can prompt a conversation. Uh, obviously, we don't want to force people to talk if they're not comfortable with it, but uh, but what that does is, is it can open the door and it lets those people know that that you know I'm here for you um, and I'm willing to listen if you want to talk. Um, but the other side of that, which you, which you hinted at, and I think it's a really, really important point, and we sometimes forget it because it sounds so obvious, is that there are some very simple um, and easy practical things we can do. So, um, you know, stuff like just if someone's struggling, um, cooking them a meal, uh, taking them a meal, uh, maybe offering to, to, to look after their kids uh, for a night or, or, or even cleaning their house or mowing the backyard or, or whatever it might be. There's some fairly simple practical things that can just um, make a massive difference. You know, I think we sometimes underestimate the benefits that can come from simple things. So, uh, you know, any one or all of those or something similar um, can also be very much appreciated. And again, you're sending uh, much, you know, you're sending a very important message. So, you know, if I bring you a, a just maybe a, a big pot of spaghetti bolognese or whatever, it's yeah, not just yeah. the food. It's really saying, I'm here for you um, and yeah. I'll do stuff for you. And if there's anything else, just let me know. Yeah. That's great. That's terrific. Mate, um, tough times. We really appreciate you taking the time out to offer your thoughts. That was, um, that was, that was precious. So thank you very much, Dr. Tim Sharp from the Happiness Institute. Mate, we're going to talk to you in the new year about uh, what you do and the wonderful stuff that you are helping us um, do in order to find happiness. So thanks again, Tim. Oh, pleasure. Thanks for having me. The Mojo Radio Show. I'm feeling a bit better already. Well, I think that was a very worthwhile show and um, we like to – as our listeners know, the show is pretty loose mm. and we don't have any set format. We really do it a little bit off the cuff as long as we believe that it's adding value to our listeners' world to get their mojo back. And 
this show is a midweek show. It's a little different. It's not the upbeat, normal show that we would normally do, but it certainly is something. And then something you've pointed out to me, Rob, is that this sort of stuff does have a lot to do with your mojo. So um, I thought Tim was terrific, and mm. there's certainly things there that I'm going to, I'm going to put in place. Yeah, I think there's a few things that I'll definitely be doing today. Mm. Um, just interestingly, as an as an aside, Wes Carr. Um, who's obviously everybody knows is a, a, a musical artist around the country, um, has posted a song on Facebook oh, a couple right. of days ago. He's written a song about it as well. So, um, Can we uh, put a link to that on our Facebook I site? Will, I think we should. I think we should definitely okay. put a link to that. on, And it's well worth a listen. He's, um, and he talks about where it came from and how he just couldn't you know, do anything else until he'd done something. And I guess that's, you know, maybe that's got his mojo going again. Maybe that's his yeah. way of dealing with it. So, um, and I think so, yeah. the important thing that Tim does talk about is that each of us has our own ways of doing it. There is no specific "you must do this." So mm. I think that's a that's a good segue, mate. Mm. And um, just to close out the show, um, Robbo has done a beautiful piece as a tribute to um, to what happened to those who lost their lives, those in hospitals, those who brought the whole thing to a close, I mean, to everybody mm. and to help us get through it. I think it's a beautiful piece, mate. Well done. It's just, um, I know you worked, and I can tell by your voice, you worked the wee hours <laughs> of the morning and yes, you had well, your your yeah. Fish River Roast Tiger Snake blend going, I'm sure. That's right. <laughs> yeah, look, it's, fact, um, I think uh, like Wes, it's probably my way of dealing with it. So, um, so yeah, it made, it made me feel like I'd contributed something, I guess. Good on you. It's beautiful. And next mm. week... This Monday, folks, we're back with uh, Glenn Capelli, who is a master in learning and teaching and mm. education to help you to be your best in yeah. terms of learning. So our normal show will return on Monday. But speaking of which, um, just a quick thing, we might get uh, Pete Harrison on the phone from Fish River Roasters to talk about the tiger snake brew because it's a good coffee, isn't it? It's a great coffee. Yes, mm, we got should you, definitely got you through the on. night. Yes, right. indeed. <laughs> See you Monday. All right, buddy. Out. A siege is currently taking place at a cafe in Sydney's central business district and we understand hostages are being held. What else can you tell us? You can see dozens of police cars outside the Lynch Cafe in Martin Place. On the street I can also see heavily armoured vehicles as well as police cars with flashing lights. At this stage, what we have heard is that there are hostages inside the Lynch Cafe. It looks like a, a middle-aged man with a, a shortish salt and uh, peppery beard. He appears to be wearing a black backpack. How many times do I have to try to tell you that I'm sorry for the things I've done? The gunman or the alleged offender opened a bag up and revealed a gun to her to get rid of her. And she went running down the stairs and said, gun, gun, gun. But when I start to try to tell you, that's when you have to tell me, hey, this kind of trouble's only just begun. Good evening from Elizabeth Street in the centre of Sydney on a day of terror, the likes of which we have never seen. This moment, anything up to 30 people behind me are hostages in the Lint Cafe. We are at this stage continuing to uh, secure and make sure that we're doing all we can to 
bring this to a peaceful outcome. We want this matter resolved peacefully and we will do all we need to to ensure that. There are a few sick people inside and also two pregnant people. I'm pregnant and there's one other lady who's pregnant. We don't want to die. There's a lot of people in here. We want to go home and we want to go home safe. And I've just heard another bang right now as we're on air. Window 2, hostage down. For police, a worst-case scenario. They look to be at the ready, those. And they're oh, going oh, in. They're, they're going, going in. They're going in. Now. And there is gunfire. You can hear that this very loud This sounds like gunfire. I'm not... Well... You can hear all of the heavily armed police going in right now. I can indicate to you that um, we have accounted for, at this stage, 17 hostages, two deceased and six that were uninjured. 38-year-old Katrina Dawson, uh, mother of three, um, three young children without their mother this, uh, this Christmas. The other individual, uh, Tori Johnson, 34-year-old manager of the Lint Chocolate Cafe. Now we're hearing that uh, Tori Johnson sought to disarm the gunman at the end of this siege. Uh, he was uh, then shot and killed, according to these initial reports. Obviously, images have been beamed around our country and around the world. Uh, I've received messages of support from a number of international leaders, and I thank them for their encouragement on this difficult day. Our hearts go out to the innocent who lost their lives, and of course, uh, to those who've been injured, and our thanks for those who survived due to the courage of the police who went in so rapidly. There are people in our community ready to engage in politically motivated violence. Right now, I ask for members of the community to come together. We're Australians, we support mates, uh, we help friends, and this is exactly what we should be doing at this time. It's not about finding reasons to divide communities, uh, but finding ways to actually heal the wounds, to help everyone grow stronger because we all want a stronger Australia.